Sunday is kind of what we're calling it. And the first thing I want you to do, if you weren't with us at the very beginning, I want people to get out their phones. And to participate in all of these questions we're going to ask from now on, you need to do something first. And that is you need to text Mill City Chur 001 to the number 22333. So we'll have this up. Maybe you can put that on the screen for, for people, Tony, so they can get their phone ready. So you'll be able to answer the question that we're going to have coming up in a minute. Um, but before we do that, I do want to introduce kind of what we're going to do today. And that is that we're going to, first, we're going to introduce our new series that we're starting now that we're Easter was last weekend and we're kicking off a new series. And then we're going to discuss that a little bit. And we've got the whole pastoral team here together to have a discussion and you all will participate with your phones. So be ready for that. Um, but why don't we just have a minute for each of the pastoral team to introduce themselves. So once again, I'm Stephanie. I'm the lead pastor here. And that means that I get the awesome opportunity of leading our fabulous staff and uh, figuring out how we can move forward together in our mission as a church. And I've got with me the, in my opinion, best pastoral team that exists. Okay, I, I just, opinions, opinions. Um, and they are, can introduce themselves to you. And so we'll start uh, with Pastor Donna. Good morning. My name is Pastor Donna Johnson, and I'm the Associate Pastor of Care, and I oversee the prayer ministry, meals and more, and the resource team. Nice. Good morning, everybody. Michael Bender, and I am the teaching pastor at Mill City Church. So that means I get to help us, our teaching team, think about Sunday morning services and equipping our classes and things like that. And who are you? I'm Ashish. <laughs> I don't like shout to the Lord. Uh, Rude. <laughs> I'm Ashish. I'm the worship pastor, which means that I get to work with some amazing musicians and team members and create these beautiful spaces where we get to remember who God is, what God is doing, and what God is continuing to do. And we get to do that through music. See, I'm just saying, best team ever. Okay, Michael, um, could you give us just an intro to the next series we're going to have? One of the cool things we get to do as a team is our entire staff team gets to be a part of discerning together what, how might we move forward in teaching, and a lot of it comes from what we're hearing from our community. And so we're excited to start a new conversation, and Mike can give an introduction to it. Sure, here's a short introduction to this new series that's going to be called, very simply, Let's be honest, and maybe that's a phrase some of you use just in everyday life. Let's be honest and talk about this. Uh, one of the greatest strengths of the Bible, in my opinion, is that it is a really honest book. Um, it's not a book that tries to cover over or gloss over the hard things that are happening in people's lives, and that's, um, that makes it very relatable, in my opinion. So we're going to be talking about the book of Psalms over the next few weeks. And Psalms in particular is a collection of poems and songs and writings where people, the authors and the people of God are just expressing themselves in these pretty raw ways, right? When they're really mad at God, they just say, we're really mad at you, God. <laughs> or uh, when God feels really distant, they say, God, you feel super distant. Where are you? Um, and when they're celebrating things, they say, God, there's nobody like you. We, we can't even imagine that you care for us and that we get to be in relationship with you. So some of you might know a psalm like Psalm 22 that Jesus quotes while he's on the cross. And it says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I mean, you might be in a season of your life right now where it kind of feels like that. And you'd be in good company to quote it because Jesus felt that way too. Uh, and on the cross, which we just celebrated last weekend. And then there's a psalm like Psalm 40. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit out of my miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. And maybe you feel like you're coming out of a season that was really tough, but you can see how God has been faithful to you through that. You feel like your steps are being made more secure again. 
So we're starting this conversation called Let's Be Honest, and it's going to focus on this honesty that we find in the Bible, but it's also going to try to create a space in our church for all of us to be honest about the stuff that we've been going through uh, over the last year, 18 months, or however long, um, as one way that God might be able to bring healing for some of the grief and some of the trauma and some of the hard stuff that we've all been through. One of the ways to bring healing is just to talk about it and be vulnerable with each other. And that's not just for our church family, it's for our neighbors and our coworkers and our family members because everybody's been through a lot. And maybe there's some people in your life who are looking for a way to have an honest conversation about what they've been through and that God and the Holy Spirit might bring some healing through some of those conversations. So we hope to equip you uh, and to experience some of these honest spaces in the next few weeks. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Mike. Okay, so I've got a few questions, and we're going to start off by asking the community so you can text in your response, and then we'll have a couple of our team answer the question. So the first question, just since we're kicking off this series on psalms, is if you have a favorite psalm or one of your favorite psalms, don't feel like it has to be the number one, but a psalm that you really appreciate, and maybe one line from it that really means a lot to you, would you text that in? You can just text to that number, uh, 22333. And we'd love to share. Now, when you give your response, you don't, it will automatically be anonymous. But if you'd like to, you can put your name, your first name or something um, so we know who it's coming from. But it's totally up to you. It'll be anonymous otherwise if you don't put your name to it. And so to this question, what is a psalm that's been meaningful to you or one that you really love or really appreciate? Um, I thought maybe Pastor Donna could give us a start and just let us know what is a psalm that's been meaningful to you and why. Um, First of all, it's very hard to choose because there's 150. (laughs) Turns out. Um, But I think one of my favorite psalms is actually the first one. And it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on this law. And he who meditates on this law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. I love that psalm because I love the practicality of it. I love the fact that uh, blessed means actually happy or fulfilled. And a person who doesn't do those things are not going to be happy or fulfilled. If If you're walking with sinners or you're standing with sinners or sitting in the uh, seat of mockers, you're not going to be happy. But what's going to make you happy and what's going to make you fulfilled is actually delighting in God's word, spending time with God, because doing that and spending time in God's word, which is is talking about the law, is what is going to make you fulfilled. And because of that fulfillment, you will be stronger because you're going to be that tree that is planted by the water. And that brings stability and that brings strength and that brings deep roots. Um, so I love that scripture. I love that passage. And I just think it's been that, um, that passage of just, I think it's a beautiful way to start off Psalms. Yeah, I, that's great. Picking the first one. Now I, I love how trees are used in the Psalms and throughout scripture. And so I love that you, you said that. And just what does it mean for us to think about our roots being so deep that yeah. they actually get yeah. to the water that yeah. is the life and how Jesus talks about being the living water. So it's just amazing. 
So good. Um, so remember, you can answer this question too. What is maybe one of your favorite psalms or a psalm that's meaningful to you? Maybe text one line from it to us and we'll be able to share those in just a minute. But maybe Pastor Ashish could share what one of the psalms is that he really appreciates. Yeah. I echo you, Pastor Donna. I, there are just so many psalms to choose from. Um, so I figured I'd, I'd focus on a psalm that has been meaningful to me this past week. Um, and so this psalm is Psalm 63. And just setting the context of the psalm, uh, you'll see at the top, if you have the heading, it says, A Psalm of David when he was in the desert of Judah. And at this point in the story, if you're in the reading plan, uh, you know that David is running away from his son, uh, who is trying to take over the throne from him. And so his family is falling apart. His whole life is falling apart. And David finds finds himself on the run and in this wilderness, in this desert. And this is what David says. He says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. It's this, this feeling of desperation. I need you, God. Now, what really stands out to me in the psalm is in response to David's worries, David chooses to remember. And so David goes on to say, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name, I will lift up my hands. And really what stands out is that David is remembering God's protection, God's unfailing love, that God is his help and his deliverer. It goes on to say, I will sing in the shadow of your wings, this idea of God protecting him and David able to sing in that place of protection, even when everything seems to be falling apart. But then my favorite part of the whole psalm is in verse 8 where it says, My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. And what I love is this posture of remembrance. It moves David to cling to the Lord. And in Hebrew, this word is devak, or this really tight, tight hold to who God is. And in my own life, I wonder when life is falling apart, what do I cling to? What are the distractions? What are the worries? Even clinging to my own strength and saying, I am going to make it through this season in my own power. But what David does is he says, no, I can't make it through my own power. And so I'm going to cling to the God who has showed up for me in the past. And the beauty is that not only is he clinging to God, but God is upholding him. And I just think that a God who is constant through the ages, we know that even in the desert seasons of my own life, I know that God is upholding me and God is holding on to me. And there's an invitation to remember and cling to him. That's so good. Yeah, I love it. Well, maybe we have, do we have some responses from people, Tony? All right, cool. I, Tony, actually, can you just wave at everybody? Why don't you say hi to everyone? We got we got Tony on camera back there. Can you? Did you show him your face? <laughs> Love it. Okay, Tony, let's see what some other people shared. All right, this is real behind the scenes. It's awesome. Psalm sixty-three. God, do not remain silent. I love that. I'm sure there's a few other Psalm one thirty-nines out there. Sought the Lord, and He answered me and delivered me from all my enemies. Yeah. I love Psalm 91 too. And if you're a gal, you can say because she loves me. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. Love it. Some people are knowing how to copy and paste from their Bible app. <laughs> this is great. A few other Psalm 23s out there. Nice, Sky. Way to be the person to say that was you. I love it. <laughs> the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. This is great. All right, Lizzie. Nice. Everyone's doing such a great job. This is very wonderful because I was going to say, what's your favorite psalm and why is it Psalm 23? But I just really feel like, y'all, this is beautiful. 
<laughs> God delights in me. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderful made. Wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Psalm 91's winning. It's not a competition this time, though. Right, Ashish? <laughs> not a competition. It's not a competition this time. It's good. <laughs> awesome. Oh, oh, someone is correcting their first one. That's good. Love it. Well, this is going to be a good first um, few. This this week's that we're going to talk about Psalms is going to be really powerful because I think um, it's clear that Psalms has been really meaningful to a lot of people, um, myself included. And maybe this is a time for some of you where it's newer to you. Maybe it's been a long time and really hope that this is a season where you can jump into to the Psalms as a way of what I've always loved is it, it gives words sometimes to things I'm feeling that I don't know how to express. And um, we'll talk about different ways that Psalms can be a tool for us, um, like Michael said, for healing and for moving forward in, in things that we're experiencing in our life. All right, the next question then is uh, one that I guess has a little bit of um, of a presumption in it. And the question is, what are barriers to being honest with God and in community? So the assumption I'm making there is that there are barriers to being honest with God and community. And I know I've experienced that and having so many conversations with many of you, that that's just a reality that we face, that there are barriers in our life that feel like we have to overcome them somehow to truly be honest with this God that loves us. Um, but also with other people, that there's various barriers that keep us from being able to be open and honest. And like Michael said, a, a big part of, of healing is being able to talk about stuff with people and to trust. And it's just it's difficult sometimes. So we thought we would just, let's be honest and let's have some honest conversation about why it's hard for us sometimes to be able to be completely open and honest with people in our life. And so uh, we'll have a discussion here and, and Michael kick it off. Just what is it, what are some of the barriers that you think that we face and why it's hard to be honest with God and other people? Yeah, I was just thinking that some of the barriers are cultural, right? Like depending on your cultural background, you might have different struggles in being honest with other people or with God. Maybe it's easier for you. Maybe it's harder for you. So maybe knowing your own cultural background could be a good first first thing to think about. Um, I wrote down three quick things, and I'd love to hear what you all you all have to say. One is uh, permission. That I think some of us need permission to be honest with God. That maybe we feel like God is going to be offended, um, or what we really have to say if we're honest doesn't sound like something you're supposed to say to God. Uh, but if you start to dig into some of these Psalms, you find like that that's exactly what God wants you to be. Uh, raw, honest. Um, maybe you haven't thought of prayer that way, you know, like just being super honest and raw with whatever you're actually feeling or going through and talking to God about it. And that's, that's it. You know, you don't have to fix it or solve it. Just you have permission. You have permission from Pastor Donna to be raw, honest <laughs> with God. Uh, if you need that permission. The second thing I thought of was um, kind of the opposite of permission, maybe. Like, why would I talk to God honestly if I'm not sure God cares? Um, because a lot of hard things have been happening, and it doesn't really seem like God is around or cares. If God cared, why isn't God doing something about it? And so maybe one barrier to being honest is just not really being sure that God's listening or that God cares. And again, you'll find, you'll find other people who felt like that in the Psalms. But instead of going silent, we want to encourage you to just say, I don't know if you care. Like maybe that's the first prayer you pray. I don't actually know if this is even worth saying out loud. I don't feel like you care. Where are you? Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so distant? Why haven't you fixed this virus yet? Why haven't you brought healing to people that I care about, etc.? Um, I think God does care and God wants to hear those things even if we don't feel it. And then the last thing I put down was just trust. 
in terms of um, sharing in community, not just with God, but with each other, it takes a tremendous amount of vulnerability, right? To say to someone next to you, like a real human, uh, here's what I'm actually going through and here's what I'm being honest. And if you're a person who's listening to that, you have to realize there's tremendous responsibility in being a good listener and receiving somebody sharing from you and not trying to fix them immediately and certainly not telling everybody else what you heard from them. But it, it takes a lot of relational trust to um, to really share what's going on with us in community, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And we'd love to hear your answers to this question as we're dialoguing about it, what the barriers are to being honest with God in community. And maybe you want to echo something that somebody said and just say, yeah, it's hard to trust or it's hard to feel like God cares. But maybe there's something you're thinking of um, that would be appropriate. I think one thought that I have is just um, shame. Shame is just so huge. We talk about it in different ways. And sometimes we don't even notice that it's happening in our life. But this idea of if I speak these words out to God or to somebody else in my life, then I'm not going to be able to back down from this overwhelming shame. Ironically, speaking it out to people who love you and you trust and trust and that trust that Mike just talked about helps to reduce that shame. But it's such a powerful force in our life, uh, in our lives to, to face that. Any other thoughts? What would you say, Pastor Donna? Yeah, I actually, when it comes to a meaningful uh, scripture, it comes from Psalm 107, verse 2. And it was, uh, it's actually my mom's favorite scripture. Mm. And it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And honestly, for years, I didn't even know what that meant. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It really wasn't until probably the last few years that it really clicked. Oh, let the redeemed of the Lord share their story. And that's actually, the NIV says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those who he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Oh, the importance of testimonies. Now I understand why my mother loves to share her story. Yes, she does. <laughs> um, because she sees the power in it. And yeah. it's encouraging to other people when you do share your testimony right. or what you share when you share what God is doing in your life or what God has done in your life. It makes you realize, first of all, you're not alone. Right. Um, and I think that people um, maybe feel like I'm the only person going through whatever you're going through, but you're not. Right. And the Lord has used people's testimonies to, to be able to help people um, to get through. And it's encouraging. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like the number one of the one of the top lies of the enemy is you're the only one. Yes. And the way that, that the enemy uses that in our lives is, is powerful in a really destructive way. And the power of being able to say me too, and I hear what you're saying or to connect with other people is so real. So yeah, I, I love that. And it's okay if the story isn't in a nice little bow either. I think that's another barrier is like, I want my story to be all tied up in a bow and perfect. And it's just not usually like that. No. Would you add something, Ashish? I think I think you all covered it. I, I think in addition, one of the lies that I think the enemy can bring in is your story is just not worth sharing. Mm, and yeah. I think like really fighting that and saying, yeah, like my story is worth sharing. God has done something unique in your life and that is worth proclaiming to the people around you. And it, it like ties into the shame. It ties into this, uh, the power of your testimony and, and, and sharing that story. So I think that's a lie that I've had to fight in my own life is totally it, it's not worth sharing. Yeah. And, and also that there's stories that are bigger than uh, the, the initial faith story. So, okay, when did you come to faith? Important stories to tell. But yeah. what did God do last week? <laughs> you know, right. how did God get you through something that we just went through? How is God showing up in ways that are worth celebrating, even though we're in a time that's, that's hard? Mm -hmm. um, and being able to, when we talk about a testimony, 
it really is testifying to what God has done. And one of the things I think is also a barrier. It's hard for us to find language to talk about what God's done. I've noticed that in my own life and other people's lives. So I think that's a goal that we have for this conversation is how can we talk about what we think God might be doing? We don't always know for sure, but it seems like God was doing this and that's how I got through this or how I was able to have the wisdom to make that decision or whatever it looks like. And so I, I love that. I think storytelling is is so powerful. Well, let's see what, what responses we got from some folks um, up here. Fear of rejection and or fear of encountering conflict. Yes, conflict. That's a good one. It's a, it's a barrier because you'll get in trouble. Yep. A lot of it is admitting to ourselves that we have ugly, unkind thoughts and feelings and fear that revealing that will cause others to dislike us. Yep. Feelings of guilt, not fully being aware of how much I'm loved by God. Guilt and fear can be really big barriers. Yes. Being honest with community is hard because there's still shame and a lack of confession as a developed practice. I agree. Fear of judgment and embarrassment. Having been hurt when I've been vulnerable before with other people. Barriers are sin, apathy, laziness spiritually, busyness, fear of not being forgiven. These are real. Shame. Fear of judgment from God or other people. Feeling like God didn't prevent my pain or led me in that direction. Yeah. Because you will get in trouble. Yeah. Having to acknowledge and sit with uncomfortable emotions trying to be good enough on my own power, shame that I am not good enough, fear of God's reaction. Since this is not competition, we won't say that shame is winning. <laughs> but it's real, it's real. And fear, anxiety. Sometimes I believe God is tired of hearing it. This is why I love Psalm 62, pour out your hearts before God. It's a direct invite to share, from God to share everything. Social anxiety, yep. Not knowing what to pray for, how to articulate our fears. A lot of what Mike is saying is true for me. Sometimes I feel pretty guilty for saying negative things to God because I know he's done so much for me. Judgment of others. A barrier is that sight-impaired people are left out during the pictures and technology we're using. Okay, that's real. Barrier to being honest with community. Not enough examples in the community of vulnerability. Not being heard or believed. Not feeling that some of my requests are large enough to be worth praying about in a world where we constantly hear about huge evils and injustices. I tend to try to do it all myself versus first going to God. Honesty affecting reputation or the fear of not being forgiven by others. Fear of rejection, that you might be overreacting, things could be worse. Some folks take it personally when they rub against a, an opposing position. When you're being honest, yep. Vulnerability leaves you open to hurt and rejection. It sometimes seems easier just to protect yourself. Sometimes knowing how truly bad things are for others can make people minimize their own challenges. I agree. Not feeling safe in a relationship. Denial, that hasn't been said, but I agree. Feeling like you've talked before and nothing has happened. When we have darkness in us, we might be scared of the light because it reveals the darkness. Yeah. Shame and guilt, lack of capacity to even ask the questions to God, lack of safe community, avoidance, being honest with God and community about uncomfortable emotions means being honest with myself about them. That's real. Past experiences being told I'm not worthy of going to God. Uh, pride. Yeah, that one is a huge, huge barrier. Wow, these are really good. Thank you for, for sharing these questions. So the next question that you can begin to answer now um, is why does it matter that we are honest with God and community? So we named the barriers because it, it does matter. So once again, this question has an assumption and the assumption is that it matters. Um, but why does it matter? Why has it mattered to you in your life to be able to be completely honest with God? Why does it matter to try to be honest with other people in your life and in our lives? Um, even if it's difficult and even if there's barriers. would love to hear your answers to that question. And um, Ashish will, will go and give a, an answer to, to the question in his opinion. What, what do you think 
is the reason why it matters. Yeah, I think as I was thinking about this question, the verse in Psalm 34, uh, those who look to God are radiant and their faces are never covered in shame. And just that whole idea of what if I'm afraid of the darkness that's within me? Like, and realizing that when we look to the Lord, there's like a risk and there, there's like an opening yourself up and saying, all right, like here's, here is everything I'm going through the mess. But I think when we open ourselves up and are honest with God, I think there is a place where we can now encounter his healing and his love in a way that maybe we might not if we're kind of closed off and saying, I'm not, I'm not going to experience that. And I think knowing that when we step into his light, I, I, God is a God of unfailing love and a God who just, I mean, sits with us in all the like mess that we have and is also the only one that can lead us from that place. And so why I think it's honest is I think there is an invitation into healing and love uh, that is present when we are honest with who we are and with God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mike. Yeah, I just want to say real quick, I was thinking that um, if we're not honest or we don't have honest, there's sort of some things that maybe we don't tell other people that are going on. That's one part of it. Ashish just spoke to that, but also the, the big picture sort of societal things we've been talking about at our church. I really want the church to be the spot where we can be honest about some of that stuff. Like we can be, have honest conversation about what we're actually thinking about, all kinds of things um, that we're facing collectively. I mean, what if the church was known as, you want to have a good, honest conversation where people hear you and respect difference and all that? Like, you should go to church. That's the place where they do that. And Jesus is there. He likes to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Um, And you can say the stuff that you know you don't want to think anymore, but you need to get it out so that someone else can help you see a different perspective. Yeah. Man, that would be pretty, pretty great if that was the church's reputation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What would you say, Pastor Jonah? I would say God knows it anyway. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> Just <that>. saying. <laughs> um, so why not get it get it out? I, I think of the scripture where it talks about there's nowhere that we could hide from his presence. Yeah. He he sees it all anyway, and he desires to be in communication with us. He desires to be um, in relationship with us. And so he's inviting us to that relationship. And that's why I think prayer is so important. Um, Shameless plug for prayer. Yeah. Um, Because he desires that relationship with us. Yeah. So absolutely. And, and being able to pray for each other, if we're not able to be honest with each other, then it's tough to know how to pray specifically. And absolutely, you know, God knows what's going on with somebody. So we don't need Mm -hmm. to know to be able to pray well, but for the people that you trust the most to be able to pray specifically and articulate, um, I just really believe that there is power in prayer more than just that we said something. Yep. It, it changes you, but I, I do think it changes things. I think that there's an invitation in scripture that when we agree with God that someone should have healing, when we agree with God that there can be freedom, that the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom are unlocked, that things in the kingdom of God are unlocked. Yep. We might never know. We might never fully understand, which is why it's, that's another reason it's hard for us, but that it matters when we pray for each other and if we can know those things. Um, so I guess one thing I would just say to you is, it, it matters for our emotional health. It matters that we have people in our life that we can trust and we can be honest with. But even the responses that a lot of people gave about the barriers show how difficult that is sometimes to find people that you can trust in your life. And so a question that we can often ask is like, who, who are those people for me? But another question I want to encourage us to ask is, can I actually be that kind of person for somebody else? Am I a trustworthy person? Am I the kind of person that someone could say something? And even if it's hard and shocking and difficult, I can hold that with them. 
Because in some ways, we've got to turn that question back on ourselves and grow in being those types of people. But at the same time, we need to pray that God would bring those people in our lives. And we've tried a number of different ways to connect different people. But connecting is not the same as being honest in community. Connecting is important. It's the way we get towards that. But it's usually just a couple people. There's, there, we'll, we'll talk about this in this conversation. Boundaries make sense. We got to be realistic. We're not in, this is not about anybody putting their honest feelings on Facebook. Okay, this is not what we're talking about. We're talking about the people that you know you can trust with that information, who can pray for you, who can support you, who can discern with you when you have questions. And so we need to bring that as a matter of prayer to God. Who are those people in our lives? And at the end of the day, as much as, as our church or other groups of friends can connect each other, we're the people who have to take those steps in going deeper. I do want to just share before we um, wrap up, we'll, we'll look at just a few people's answers to this question. And then I'll share a resource opportunity for you in, in doing this very thing and going deeper. But do we have some a few answers from people? We probably won't be able to get to all of them. But let's see what, what you all said about why it matters that we're honest with God and community. Spiritual formation in the nature of the case can be a private thing, but it's a matter of whole life transformation and you need to seek it out. Yes. Being honest with God can bring us closer and help us to own it, deal with, heal, and grow. Agree that we can't hide from God being authentic with other people. Yeah, that's so good. I feel like um, as we're continuing in this conversation, uh, we want you to, to be able to send in your feedback and your thoughts as we have these honest conversations. People feeling safe to share hard things and vice versa brings authenticity to the relationship. Absolutely. We'd love to hear more from, from people. And so um, definitely email in some of your thoughts as we're in this conversation. Repaired brokenness should be what the church is known for. Agreed. When we are honest, we are opened up to God healing us. So good. Well, let me share one resource that I have for people to check out. We've talked about this in the past, and we're going to continue to update this for you. But if you just go to millcitychurch.com slash deeper, what we've got there are some ways you can go deeper in scripture with a small group of people, uh, questions that can help get to this let's be honest question in your life. And uh, Brooke has been helping us keep that updated. And so I'd love for you to just check that out. Like right now, just go and see what's there. And uh, we'll be continuing to put new information there for you to have one-on-one -on -one conversations, small group conversations with people. Um, but like we're saying, and you said, we have to seek it out in our life. And that's going to be the encouragement that we have uh, for these next few weeks as we have this conversation. What does it look like to be intentional with going deeper with people in our lives in healthy ways, with healthy boundaries, so that we can grow and we can heal and we can be free? Thanks for your participation. It's been awesome to have you join in with us.